Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Welcome to the Runner's World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. This week, we're talking with Runner's World's John Carroll about the wonderful world of race excuses. But we're talking specifically excuses for not running or poor running Mm. or just generally not behaving properly on the race or run. Uh, It could be weather, gear, tech, shoe colour. That's Mm. a very important... Lace length. Yes. um, (laughs) uh, Far away natural disasters. And we're also speaking with Tom Budgen from Vegan Runners, who felt like last week's podcast about veganism was a bit one-sided. So I think if I got a pound every time that I was asked, where did your protein come from? I'd be a very rich man. I could think I could give up my day job. <laughs> how are you, Ben? Very well. How are you? Very well. Very well. Um, I was running on the weekend. Uh, I managed to do uh, 12 miles on Sunday morning, actually. Oh, well done. I'm basically trying to turn urban routes into off-road routes. I get it. Okay, yeah. So I feel like we talked to a lot of... like elite athletes and they always say actually only do like a small amount of my running on concrete or road and I think like you know the average runner probably does 90% of their running on concrete Yeah. so I thought can I turn my you know would be concrete run into an off road run Uh, and it's possible are you just like jumping onto the verge I'm not going into anyone's like gardens to do this (laughs) right but I think you know if you're going in like a park you see lots of people doing this and you think actually you could turn this into an off-road run, but a lot mm. of people just run on the concrete path in a park. Yeah. No need, Ben. No. Go onto the right. grass if you like. Um, where I used to live in, in North London, Clissold Park has a wonderful off-road loop mm. around it, which is, you know, the, they've, the, the, the park keepers themselves have sort of wood chipped and all this sort of stuff. Lovely. So it's, yeah, it's, it's good. You yeah, know. seeking out some wildness in the uh, urban landscape. Um, anyway, so there's a few newsy things we could quickly cover. Okay. So um, there are fresh questions over Mo Farah's relationship with uh, his band former coach Alberto Salazar. Mm. And this was aired uh, on BBC Panorama uh, on Monday. So it actually be last night by the time this comes out. Um, mm. Yeah, it's called Mo Farah and the Salazar Scandal. And one of the key points of concern is um, about a legal supplement called L-carnitine. Yeah, yeah. And it's a naturally occurring amino acid, but Salazar seems to believe that infusing or injecting his athletes could provide a, a performance boost. Yeah, he, and, but he went vast levels, like normal occurring levels of whatever milligrams, and he went, well, let's make it big. Although it's actually, it's allowed, but like you say, within within the realms of, of kind of a respectable limit, um, a documentary shows that Farah uh, repeatedly denied to US anti-doping investigators that he had received injections of L-carnitine mm. before 2014 London Marathon. And there's a little transcript that says, US anti-doping said, are you sure that Alberta so, so hasn't recommended that you take L-carnitine injections? And Mo said, no, I've never taken L-carnitine injections. However, he then changed his account saying that he had, in fact, received the injections but had forgotten about it. Right. Um, so it's important to say that UK Athletics and Farrah's lawyers have maintained that the injections were within the legal limit. Right. 
But some of the problems seem to be that, one, no record was ever made of these injections. Yeah. Um, and two, uh, Panorama obtained emails show that UK athletics officials were worried about these injections. Uh, firstly, because they worry that they might not be safe. And secondly, whether they were actually within the spirit of the sport. So lots of questions about Salazar's influence over Mo and also his influence over UK athletics. Yeah, there was a recent um, the former CEO, maybe, or right. someone. Basically, someone came out from UK athletics and said that they had advised Mo back in mm. 2015 to end sort of his, cut ties. Yeah, cut ties with Salazar. Um, which, you know, I think that it's kind of half news. Like everyone goes, well, yeah, obviously now. Sure, I get it. Mm. But I think it's quite interesting that from the top down, they were kind of concerned. Concerns about it, yeah. But then on the flip side of that, UK Athletics have deemed that nothing bad happened, right? Yeah, we'll have to see where, where it goes. But yeah, it's um, it's kind of, it's gaining a bit of momentum this. So it'll be interesting to see where it ends up. Hey, quick question for you. Go. Um, Tom Bosworth, the race walker, yes. set a new 5,000 metre race walk record yes. at the National Indoor Championships in Glasgow. Yes. How quickly... So this is park run time, essentially, right? How quickly did he walk 5,000 metres? See, now, you're trying to throw a curveball here because <laughs> I know these guys are rapid. They are quick. I'm going to say he did it. So the world record was just broken in under 13 minutes, and I reckon he sped, sped walked? Speed walked. Speed walked. He speed walked 15-something. 15? Yeah. You just undermine the, you don't undermine the stat like that. It was 18 minutes, 20 oh, seconds. Absolutely. That, which is actually, despite your ridiculous guess, an incredibly quick time to walk. It's amazing, uh, isn't it? Yeah, that is ludicrous. Yeah, so Boswell said, I'm the happiest and healthiest I've ever been. Good on him. Good for him. Agreed. 18 Agreed. minutes for a little, for a power walk. Yeah. It's good. How is that even possible? I don't know, but what's that like? Um, like low sixes, basically. Yeah, low six minute mile in. Yeah. Madness. Shuffle. Is it that? That's the speed walking's where you can't. You can't be off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And you sort of that waddle. It's the waddle. It's the waddle. Hey, talking about waddle, should we get our guest of the week <laughs> on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Could be a physio. Or a complete unknown. <laughs> John Carroll, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Great to have you back. Been a while, actually. Yeah, it's a back. pleasure t- to have me here. So sure. <laughs> it is. Model and all. Can you explain to us what you'll be uh, thrilling us with this week? We're going to talk about excuses. Okay. And we've all made them. Like your chambray shirt, for example, is a, is a prime <laughs> example of an excuse. I thought this is denim. No. No? Okay. But we're talking specifically excuses for not running or poor running mm. or just generally not yeah, behaving properly on the race or okay. run. Yeah, uh, it could be weather, gear, tech, shoe color. That's mm. a very important lace length. Yes, um, uh, far away natural disasters. <laughs> Anything at all. Right, we are masters of coming up with excuses. Apart from Rick, who's more machine than man, but <laughs> most of us like an excuse. Life a good excuse. But yeah. the thing about excuses is, it's got to be plausible mm. or so implausible that it has to be true. Okay, right. right. Fine line. So, so you couldn't make it up. Just okay. to give you a, a more general, hey, why are you late for work? Uh, a giant ape fell off a building and blocked traffic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. All right, yeah. good work. Sure, yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Hey, did you, hey, did you cheat on me? Um, 
Yeah. Why? Uh, cl- climate change. <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah. that's believable. Yeah, true. Yeah, climate change is, is definitely the go-to mm. reason mm. for that. Mm. So I have a number of excuses for almost every occasion. But what we also did was we put it out to our readers. Mm. And uh, I, I think I'm an amateur compared with some of oh, these well, guys. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to read out some. Some are fake. Some are mine. Some are theirs. Okay. You decide. Okay, cool. Right. right. It's, like okay. A, it's like a quiz. Oh, yeah, I love a quiz. It's, it's a, a quiz. quiz. It's a quiz. Yes. Um, same points for everything. No bonus round. Right. Okay. All, All right. right. Yeah. Right. My laces were too long, even with a triple knot. They kept flapping around like a bloodhound's ears and making this irritating tick-tick noise. Eventually, I stopped and ripped them out in a fury. But then my shoes were too loose, so I went home. Oh, now. That's true. <laughs> false. Or one of yours. Real person. I think... The flapping around like a bloodhound makes me think you wrote it. <laughs> Doesn't make it untrue, though. That's true. I'm going to say that's true. Yeah, because it would be really irritating. Mm. So you I can imagine that if, if you weren't able to switch it off... Yeah, and you just sort of like... get furious. Kind of water torture yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, true. It's true. Fantastic. It's also elaborated somewhat, but it's true. <laughs> okay. And it's mine, and I've uh, done it. Uh, really? I've done it. Oh, yeah. And you ripped the laces out of your shoes? Yeah. Wow, yeah, I'm not proud. <laughs> most, most days, I think you I'm should not be. That's proud. quite some strength. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. Did a coastal half marathon in Pembroke as I thought it would be flat. After the third one in five hill, I was by some long way the last. <laughs> I gave up and walked back, chatting to the attractive steward picking up the cones. At finish line, I put on a minor limp. Disgraceful. <laughs> oh. True, false, or real reader? That's hundred percent real. I, That's yeah, 100% I, I'm just real. intrigued by how the attractiveness of the steward is relevant. But anyway, <laughs> so, so was he basically? He was limping because he didn't want to seem yeah, like, yeah. He, like that. Was kind of like oh, is, he just wasn't unfit. I would have been winning. This is correct, but there's a flaw in this excuse. <laughs> this uh, is a real excuse. It's a real excuse. Now, this is from uh, someone called La Cotterelle on Facebook. Mm. You need to put the limp on earlier. For sure. sure. Yeah. For if sure. you're talking to a steward, especially. When you're with a steward, yeah. you need to maintain the limp. <laughs> and then you need to maintain it for at least a week afterwards. Yeah. And also, <laughs> if you're going to go in on a limp, I think visit St. John's when you get to the finish line. Oh, wow. Really go all in. Could you, could you take a quick look? I'm not sure. It could mm. be a, a stress fracture. Almost kind of convince yourself. <laughs> yeah. Psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, all all right. right. Um, next one I simply could not concentrate on my cadence today Radio 4's puzzle for today probably really got to me this morning <laughs> and I false. ended up trying to tap out a long division problem using only my footfalls false false, false. gotta be false totally false yeah. 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 good excuse though blinding uh, excuse also I can't do maths so I'd never no I would never do that <laughs> alright uh, next on a trail run I thought I'd forgotten to lock the car so that was niggling me a bit then I tripped on a route and fell flat on my face so I thought feck it not the precise word used <laughs> Turned around and went back to my car. True. Yeah. I also think that I, he, he probably ran faster because he thought his car was unlocked. Yeah. Well, it's true, but I'd only accept that excuse if the car was gone. Hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We've we've all had the moment a few miles into a tough yeah. run. Did I did I leave the oh, oven on? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Even if you haven't used the oven for a week. It's still on. Yeah. It's still on yeah. somewhere. Yeah. You guys are doing not too bad. Okay. okay. All right. All right. My keys were jangling. Something terrible. Mm. I had to stop repeatedly, but no matter what I did, they just kept making noise, as if they were made of some kind of metal. <laughs> <laughs> no, if that that is absolutely not a reason to stop a run. I'm sorry. Like, you're carrying keys. There's an easy way to stop that. Put them in your hand. 
Hold them tight. Hold them in your hand. Then you have another excuse. I got sweaty hands, key. <laughs> yeah. Key hands. Key hands. I, I think it sounds real, but I I just don't accept that as a reason to stop. I think that's pretty. That's, that's it's pretty quite weak. Bad. It's pretty lightweight. It's yeah. Well, weak. you'd never use it anyway because you don't I, use it. I haven't got keys. You've got, got no key. You've got, got no con- house. Got a contactless house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, fake, but uh, keys have annoyed me. Keys are annoying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Keys have annoyed key, you. Even keys annoy me. That's, that's right. next week's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Next one. Swallow the fly. <laughs> To yeah. be fair, it did actually happen, and I had to stop and make myself sick. Yeah, I mean, I think if you swallowed a fly, that wouldn't actually be too bad. But if it was to the point where you made yourself sick, I'd probably stop running. Okay, it, it's it's a true one. It's from Bob Jack, and honestly, Jack, the fly was more frightened than you were. <laughs> yeah, but not for long, because the stomach acid would have you know, really taken care of that really quick quite death. quickly. Quick yeah. Death, yeah. All right. Uh, right, I am so bored of my playlist. I cannot believe my Gregorian chant collection no longer inspires me. Right. <laughs> well, the play- I think I'll have to move on to now that's what I call colliery music, 12. <laughs> right. So the first sentence of that is applicable. The rest is complete nonsense. Um, you mean you don't run to Gregorian chant? That'd be awful. Uh, it's not the music to run to. That's but, the speed I run to, i got to tell you. But I think that that's definitely, that. I mean, music, if you're going to run with music and you realise that you've mm. got a bad, you know, a, a bad playlist or an old one that you've got really familiar with, mm-hmm. that's very off-putting. Yeah, I, I created this playlist at home once that was um, it was when I did the North Downs Way race. I didn't, oh, didn't, didn't, uh, John, did, has he ever mentioned that he did this North Downs Way? It's every day. All oh, right, good. Every day. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was like, oh, I love, love a bit of Neil Young. So I put like, you know, like Heart of Gold and like Everybody Knows This Nowhere. And then I was like, hmm, I'll put uh, Down By The River on. It's it's 18 minutes long or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it starts and I'm just like... Oh man, this is going to be this is miles of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is for you. It's, it's, a, it's a mile for me. <laughs> so you got yeah. You, you don't want to get stuck in a song that's like no. oh, oh, this isn't going anywhere for ages. And then you got to go into your pocket and press skip. That's then... why I just don't run with music. Yeah, fair enough. Removes the excuse. Except the songs in my head. Yeah, yeah. all true. Mm, it's lovely. Yeah. Let me give you a, a kind of a tricky one. Mm. This is from Mike Haynes. Heard my grandparents having sex on Saturday night. <laughs> wow. Still traumatised Sunday morning. I'm not even going to pretend that didn't happen. That clearly happened to this poor man. What, and couldn't run? Uh, traumatised. So my advice, and I do offer advice to everybody, um, just don't listen. And also the thing is, I'd be traumatised too if my grandparents... I'm traumatised by that story. My, my grandparents are dead, so that would make it very creepy indeed. Wow. I guess, yeah, the, the hearing of uh, uh, your family, other family members... In coitus, mm, it's not. It's never a good. Uninterruptus. <laughs> um, probably wouldn't. It would make me leave the house very quickly. Mm. Well, forever. <laughs> so maybe that, but not. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. That's a, it's a reasonable excuse yeah, because of his absurdity. Let me throw one more at you, and then okay. we'll move on to yeah. the next part of the topic. Uh, you might get this one. That uh, yeah, not necessarily mine. I'd had a cut and blow dry, and wanted to look fabulous an extra day. I like it. Could be me, couldn't it? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, hundred percent. That's very feasible. They're that, expensive. That's an expensive haircut. You don't want to waste your money. That's Heidi Grimsdale and Heidi Darling. I, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we're going to move on, aren't we, to um, to our own best or worst excuses? Indeed. Rick, start off. I'm not sure you even have one. No, I do actually. And but <clears throat> mine takes the form of the preemptive excuse, right? So this is basically this is an action done, probably in race week. That gives you a kind of easy out. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you're like, oh, well, I'll have a few pints now. 
and therefore I won't be able to run as quickly as I can. I won't try as hard as I can. So if you see me with a pint in my hand in race week, you can know with some certainty that I'm essentially creating the preemptive excuse. A cushion. A cushion. I used to do this with... um. I used to do the uh, the cross-country circuit, which is really hard work anyway. And I was like, I think I tried you know, fairly hard. And it was just, and the, the prospect of it in the sort of second year became a bit more like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll just go out and have three or four pints. That way, even if I just get up and do it. Well, the su- night before. Yeah, that's success, isn't it? That's a version of success. <laughs> and then I get to start, I'll be like, it's, it's remarkable that I'm here at all. Really. <laughs> so your success is turning up. Yeah, su- right. success becomes turning up, exactly. And it's that right. kind of like, you... Um, yeah, kind of dwindling of your ambition, I guess. I think I'm, that would be the excuse. The laying the preemptive excuse is definitely something that I've mm. done before. I'm not really like a post-run excuse right. person. That's I think if, if it went wrong, it went wrong. I'm fine with that. Yeah. That's not really... I've, I've had very, very bad races, which have just been my fault. So that's yeah. like, I can't really be like, ooh, my shoelaces. And that's go- a refreshing honesty. But um, I definitely would pre preempt all running with some yeah. sort of reason, just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. It's a kind of hedging. It's a kind of hedging of bets yeah, yeah. that goes on. But I've got an, I've got a theory that, like most races, for me, I just it's, it's kind of conveyor belts of excuses that I have to just reject, and they become more and more convincing. The, like the harder it gets, do you mean like well, just get to that next guy, and then you, then oh, you can right. stop, yeah, or like, yeah. well, actually. You were feeling quite bad last week. Remember that. Maybe if you just rein it in a bit. You've got to look after yourself. You've got uh, another race coming up (laughs) in eight months' time that you need to be prepared for. And I think success in racing is really down to just ignoring that those those excuses to say, no, rejected, rejected, rejected. And And they become more and more compelling and louder in your ear. And then at the end, you think, oh, well, maybe I didn't try as hard as I might have done. Or I'm, you know, I'm really glad I didn't listen to to that voice. I, I have made, as you've already heard, some um, t- terrible excuses, but I'm, <laughs> I've also got the capacity to be extraordinarily blunt right. with myself and with others. I was okay. in Brighton at the weekend with friends and the, the wind was so strong. It, like, it took years off my face just by blowing into <laughs> it, <laughs> just pulling the wrinkles all the way back behind my head. <laughs> and the rest of them wanted to do park run. And I said, no. Yeah. And they mm. said, come on, it'll be fun. No, it won't. And that was it. Because of the weather. I didn't want to. I, I also had some pints to fright the night before. Oh, but I think a preemptive not, excuse. But you know what? No, it wasn't even an excuse. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed them. But I feel like that's just a reason. It's not an excuse. Like There's a, there's a thing of, um, if you didn't want to do something, it's not a given that you should have joined in. So it's not an excuse. No, but you do. if you're among others who are, you know the kind of people I'm talking about. Runners. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, for example, most days of the week in the office. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's only a minor flash flood. We pop out afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to think where an, where a, sort of an excuse and a reason collide. Where the actual yeah, because you're right. There, there are absolutely legitimate reasons not to run, aren't there? For instance, I, I'm injured. You know. Yeah, I mean, and those are the sort of the things that um, where we've talked about this previously, where sort of stuff gets um, the compulsion to be running all mm. the time, and the sort of like appearing to be running, and, and all of those sorts of. Kind of excuses not to be doing it. Yeah, kind of is is more the sort of issue. Well, I better mm. do it because of mm. this, or I better do it because of that, rather than I just don't want to today. Or I mean, if you're in the middle of a training block, then it's different because you've got to be like, oh, actually, that's 
that's has to be done because I'm aiming to do something at the end of yeah. all of this from for you know an achievement. But if it's just the I've woken up and I'm in a location and my friends are doing it and I don't want to, that's a good reason. It is a good reason. It just comes across as slightly churlish when I say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can imagine the delivery was yeah. no. Most things come across slightly churlish when I say them. So, okay, so we we've um we've had our fun with the various excuses, Absolutely, yeah. but we are genuinely also interested in the psychology behind excuses and reasons for not running. So we spoke to sports psychologist Andy Lane who said the following to us, quote, We make excuses as a protection method. If we attribute poor performance to an unstable factor that is external to us, e.g. the opposition were lucky, we are saying to ourselves that if we had the luck, we would have won. So essentially, instead of actually looking at the, the, the real reason behind our result, we say something like, oh, we were just a bit unlucky this time. And it's out of my control. Yeah. 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 But I mean, this is when we talked about the, um, we had the sports psychologist on on a previous... Fear of failure. The fear of failure. Yes. I forget his name. Um, yeah, the fear of failure, your protection. I mean, the moment you enter a race, you're immediately putting yourself in a fair, a vulnerable position, mm-hmm. either um, with a, a set goal or, a, you know, a, an, an ability question or all, the, all these sorts of things. So sure. the excuse side of stuff will always be there because you're kind of the, the, the fear of failure. Yeah. Is, it's like mm. Rick's three or four pints. <laughs> you know, no, you're setting yourself it, it, up. It absolutely is yeah. that. It's, it's, um, and you're protecting yourself. Protecting yourself, yeah. saying, well, who knows what I would have done if yeah. I hadn't have had three or four pints, you know. And, it's, yeah. and actually, so you kind of preserve this self-confidence. Yeah. You know, and you'll like, never know because you'll do the same thing next time. Yeah, yeah. No, I've changed. I'm a, okay. I'm a father now, John. Let's, you are. <laughs> you are. Bless, bless your child. Right, on with the quote. However, an excuse might not let us learn from the performance. We can lose and put that down to ability, but not get get down from that performance. If we say to ourselves, we are not there yet, but by doing X or Y, we will be closer. Or by recognising that our effort level was not as high as it could have been. Yes, we want to preserve self-belief, but building a better, stronger version of yourselves is a much better way to go about it. Hmm. Another good point. Another good point. A more mature kind of response to... Well, you just got... It's being brutally honest with yourself, right? Mm. You've got to be... You know, if you, you can... You can do a race covered by excuses get a time that you're semi all right with and be like content Mm. or you could try really hard and get a time that you're really not that happy with yeah and be and then have to deal with the the fallout this is actually where i am yeah exactly instead of being like i reckon i'm a i'm a sub 40 kind of guy but you know i've had a couple of bad whereas actually if you try Mm. really really hard no excuses and you're and you're you're a 43 then you've got three minutes of work to get on definitely yeah Definitely. Uh, who yeah. knows? The one thing you might learn from that performance is to make a better excuse. <laughs> <laughs> John, absolutely great to have you on the Runners World podcast. A pleasure as always, John. We'd we'll like to have you back in, in some a few months' time unless wow. we come up with a good excuse yeah. not to. <laughs> this is the Runners World podcast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So following on from last week's episode, a hot topic, veganism mm. and running, um... We we had lots of feedback. Great, some great, some not so great. Yeah. So we wanted to continue with the, with the topic because yeah, we it, felt it was you know some people felt unrepresented, and we don't want to offer a podcast that is like that. So we we've uh, we've organised to speak to Tom, who's a chairperson of Vegan Runners. Yeah, Tom Budgen is a he emailed in and said that he felt that one of the one of the things that was missing from last week was actually to hear from a vegan runner mm. which is totally reasonable 100% actually. yeah um so he's going to um he's going to phone in and we're going to chat to Tom a little bit about getting the kind of vegan perspectives of people who have gone vegan and are running and are running well and to hear some of his arguments um for for veganism fantastic Tom welcome to the uh, the runners well podcast hi there thank you very much for having me so let's let's start with then how long have you been a vegan for and also why did you choose to become a vegan in the first place um, so I've probably been a bad vegan for almost two years. Um, before that, I was a vegetarian, and I, I transitioned from being a veggie um, into a vegan. Um, but the reason I think what gave me the final push is I was, um, I'm was i a big fan of the David Attenborough documentaries. Yeah. And I was watching um, one of his, uh, the BBC's uh, Planet Earth 2. And I remember thinking that, oh, you know, the, the natural world is incredible and how much I loved animals. But then... I had this kind of internal struggle dealing with this idea that I loved animals, but I was eating them at the same time. And it was that sort of uncomfortable realization that was enough to give me the push to stop consuming animal products. No, absolutely. I think that a lot of people, um, sort of the, the uh, from the reasons behind veganism and their choices to, to, to take up the diet is, is probably ethical or environmental or those sorts of things. Um, but we were, we wanted to sort of talk about it initially from a, from a running point of view, if that's all right. Um, and what's your experience been as a, as a runner on a vegan diet? Before I went vegan, I was a runner. So I'm uh, an omnivore and I've run as a vegan. Um you know, I've been quite blessed, really, because since becoming vegan, I've absolutely smashed my PBs across 5Ks and 10Ks. Um, when I was eating, a, you know, an omnivorous diet, my 5K PB was like 27.58, and it's now down to 22.09. Wow. So, um, and my 10K PB was just a shade under an hour, and now I can do a 10K, and my PB is 46 minutes. So okay. I've seen you know, phenomenal gains in terms of my speed and my fitness levels. But also my recovery time is much faster too. I just seem to have less inflammation and more energy to fuel my longer runs, which is great when 
you're training for things like half marathons, marathons and ultras as well. I guess one of, one of the topics we talked about last week was the kind of idea about how to get enough protein. Do you think that that is a misconception about a vegan diet, that being that it is kind of protein deficient in some way? <laughs> yeah, so I think if I got a pound every time that I was asked, where did your protein come from? I'd be a very rich man. I could think I could give up <laughs> my day job. Um, but, you know, it is a question that a lot of people are because I don't think there's enough understanding over where ve- vegans do get their protein from. Um, but I think we've got to remember here that all protein originates in plants. So you'll find that all vegetables have some sort of protein in them. And then, of course, you've got the really protein-rich foods like beans, seeds, lentils, tofu and tempeh. And those foods, you know, they provide more than enough protein. And, you know, just citing one of the studies that was present on the Game Changers from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, saying that the average plant eater gets 70% more protein than they actually need. So even if you're athletic, you know, generally someone who would need more protein, um, actually you're still getting more than enough protein in a vegan diet to build and maintain your muscle mass. Do have you have you ever supplemented with your amino acids? Have you to sort of make sure that you're getting the complete range, or do you just do that through diet? No, I just do it through diet. Cause, I mean, we hear a lot about like plant protein being inferior, but I think that's a bit of a fallacy. Personally, I think that as long as all those essential amino acids are consumed, I think the sources are relevant, and I think there are not, are enough studies out there to back that up mm-hmm. as well. We also talked about um, iron as well being yeah. a potentially problematic area for vegans sure. and kind of um, getting enough B12 and iron. Um, yeah, sure. How do you go about solving this? Again, do you see this as a little bit like, like people make too big a, a deal of that? Um, I think whenever we talk about um, being plant-based or vegan and nutrition, I think it's really important to recognize here that the American and the British Dietetic Association, um, who are the largest bodies of nutrition and diet in both countries have have categorically stated that a plant-based vegan diet is nutritionally adequate and safe for all stages of life. And while I think that, you know, B12 does rightly get raised, um, because I think, you know, everyone should be making sure they get enough B12 in their diet. So yeah, vegans should be eating B12 enriched foods and perhaps be taking supplements if they need to. Mm. But I think it's important to recognize that um, B12 isn't just this vegan issue that it's often painted out to be. Mm. So we're seeing that um, animals and animal agriculture are actually being given B12 supplements because of the way that we wash our crops and the pesticides that we use. Um, And even some studies are finding that about 40% of people are low in B12. So while I do 100% advocate B12, you know, B12 um, supplements and enriched foods, I think that we need to look at this more than just as a vegan issue Mm. and as as just a general nutrition issue. Um, And as for iron, I think that, you know, the the point here is that... um, the the, the difference with iron is that, you know, even though iron is found in things like legumes, lentils, tofu, chickpeas, collard greens, nuts, seeds, grains, spinach, kale, all these other things, it's just important that we um, maximize the absorption um, by eating lots of foods that are rich in vitamin C. So I think that as long as you're kind of eating a balanced, healthy diet, I think that you shouldn't have an issue. Um, The other point of view that we um, we, we, we sort of, wanted to just again I said this earlier we wanted to kind of focus it from a running point of view but there's it's obviously sure. a much broader topic and the the, mm. the the choice of a vegan diet has been uh very much used as a sort of a, a as a way of solving a few issues environmentally or or sure. and those sorts yeah. of do you think that the there are 
the notion that a vegan diet will solve all of these problems is a fair one? Or do you think it's equally responsible for, you know, sensible farming and all those sorts of things? So I think, um, again, when you look at the, the science and the studies, they show us that animal agriculture is responsible for about 18% of greenhouse gas emissions. Mm. It also, they also show us that animal agriculture is the leading cause of species extinction, ocean dead zones, water pollution and, and habitat destruction. And the most comprehensive studies ever undertaken that looked at the correlation between what is on our plate and its effect on the environment mm. was done so by Oxford University and it concluded that the, uh, the vegan plant-based diet was the single most effective way an individual could reduce their impact on the environment. Um, and since then, the UN has also ratified the study. And I think if you just look at the science, it's heavily stacked in favor of a vegan lifestyle. And I think more and more people are coming around to that way of thinking. Um, you know, I welcome the, you know, the surveys that are saying that half of adults in the UK want to significantly reduce their meat. Because that's great news because, you know, again, we're seeing these studies like there was one in The Economist the other day that said that if we went plant based for two thirds of meals, it would cut our food related emissions by about 60 percent. And then going fully plant based could cut those emissions down by 85. So, you know, it's, it's, it, is, it is a huge thing that we could do as individuals to just reduce our impact on the environment. Definitely. I think the, the moral case for, for veganism is, is really, really strong I think, and compelling. I think a lot of people would, mm. would agree with you on that. One of the interesting things about a documentary like Game Changers, which I appreciate is only one documentary about veganism, but it yeah. kind of makes the case, the, the performance, the kind of athletic case for, for veganism. Mm. I just think from a, from a running perspective, if we look at, let's look at some elite runners. So obviously there are elite vegan runners. Absolutely there are. Um, yeah. But there are a lot of... <clears throat> Elite runners, um, including the, the East African runners who yeah. who you know drink loads of milk actually, um, who, who aren't vegan. And I guess my my issue to a certain extent with with something like Game Changers was it kind of positioned the, the vegan diet as the ultimate performance diet. Sure. Do, do you think that 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 really you know stands up to scrutiny? I think one of the things I, w- I want to say about Game Changers here is that it is rigorously fact checked, and all the studies that are cited are peer reviewed, and it does get a lot of flack for being unbalanced Mm. but i think that if you take it on what it is and i think the game changers is designed was created to show that there is another way yeah i think that we've been told for a very long time to have protein to be fast to be strong we need to eat meat um and i think that the film uses a lot of scientific and medical studies that suggest that actually a plant-based diet might help reduce inflammation it might help aid recovery and when you look at the athletes um that have gone into a plant-based diet like Novak Djokovic he said that the reason he went vegan mm. was because he he felt that it was helping his performance and it was helping his recovery time um it's one of those where you know a lot of research papers and studies they have a re- relatively limited ability to make people kind of change their lifestyles or sometimes their opinions yeah. about what veganism is but I think seeing ultramarathoners like Scott Jurek or you know British distance runner Fiona Oaks you know, these, these guys go out there and they perform these incredible feats mm. um, and they do it whilst living on a vegan diet. So it's, I'm not saying it's a magic wand that it's going to make you faster, that it's going to make you stronger, but it's just about a show, showing that there's another way of doing things. Yeah. And, and maybe in the future, you know, more athletes will try the plant-based diet. Who knows? I mean, I can hope. Um, Tom, if anyone wants to know any, any more about uh, vegan runners, um, where should they go? Yeah, so um, Vegan Runners, we're a UK-wide running club. Uh, we are really inclusive. We've we got runners that can 
run a 5K in 15 minutes and we've got runners that can run a 5K, slightly more time than that. But, yeah. you know, um, so, you know, we're, we're a welcoming, friendly club and you can check us out on Facebook. We've also got uh, the Vegan Runners uh, UK website as well. And we're always, you know, out for looking for new members, helping people on their journey to become vegan and plant-based. Tom, thank you so much for coming on the Runners World podcast. Um, really, no really great to get your, your perspective on things and best of luck with, uh, with all your running in the future. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you very much for having Cheers, me. Cheers, thanks a lot. Thanks. Cheers, Tom, thank Cheers, you. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Bye-bye. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A big thanks to our guests, John Carroll and Tom Budgeon, and to you, of course, for listening. The Runners World podcast was recorded at Number 8 Studios in Soho and is available on Acast, iTunes and all of your favourite podcast apps. If you've enjoyed the episode, please give us a review and remember to tune in next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.